What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for coming. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. And if you're new here, hey, y'all, we're a weekly horror podcast where I introduce my bestie to horror movies. I mean, she's she been around the block. But she ain't been around the block. So, you know, enjoy the ride. <laughs> it's August. So every <laughs> month we do a new theme. And this month's theme is ABC. And if you've been to college, if you've been on any college campus, you already know ABC means anything but clothes. But around Hello. these parts, <laughs> around this park is going to be anything but college. Because anytime you watch a horror movie and the setting is in college, that's all you're going to get, just a setting. I mean, right. some of them you might have, they might be in a class, some like that. But for the most part, it's a- anything but college. So there you go. But before we go on, I want to bring somebody out. I had to bring a little friend. Y'all know how we do. We love to bring people to the park. This is one of our main survivors from like day one. I don't know how he found us, but I'm glad he did because he's always there. Always messaging us, shouting us out, always showing us love. Hi, Cody. Hey. So Cody. glad you're with us today or tonight. <laughs> no, I am excited to be here. I've been counting the days. I know. No, we did have this mic <laughs> down for like a long time when I think about it. Tell all of our survivors what you got going on. Um, where do you want me to start? Um, you have a book. You do reviews. You want me to do it? Like, come on. <laughs> stop being shy. You're being so modest right now. Yeah, um, I do have an Instagram. I have Twitter, but I frequent Instagram the most. Um, my handle there is Cody underscore Landman. Um, there, yeah, a lot of it is just movie-related stuff. Um, I post reviews. Uh, I post about movies that are kind of underrated that I really love. Just state why I love them. Otherwise, there's an occasional picture of my dogs and stuff on there, or books I'm reading. And I did, like like it was said, I did write a book. Um, it's called Killer Tricks, and it's a Halloween slasher. Ooh. Um, it's a shorter book, and it's probably not the best format, because I use like the Amazon public self-publishing thing. So it's a little rough, but, you know, I'm still super proud of it. Uh, it's about a teenager who gets stuck babysitting her little brother on Halloween, there is a killer on the loose, and you can kind of imagine how things go from there. It has a little bit of Halloween vibes, but yeah, I just uh, had a lot of fun writing it, and especially when it comes to like writing the relationships with the characters. So hopefully this gets a little bit more word out about it. You guys will be able to purchase that down below with our show note links. Make sure you check all those links out because there's a lot of them down there. But first, I want to say... I know that the book probably is really, really good because Cody actually gives good reviews and knows how to write. And then often when we're in Clubhouse, Cody always has good perspective on different things that other people usually don't. Or sometimes like you might think about it, but Cody actually says it. So I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like you might have something there. Because I mean, aren't most movies cliches though on the outline and it's just about how you fluff it out, right? And you know, most most movies nowadays are going to be like something else. So when something does original come out, uh, come out, then it's just huge. But yeah, you, you can compare almost any horror movie to another one nowadays. Right. And speaking of, we can go straight to park recommendations because if you guys enjoy Sorority Row two thousand nine. 
definitely check out the House on Sorority Row. That's 1982. And then I'm going to go do a shameless plug and throw it back to an episode we covered already because there's a few scenes in this movie that definitely gave me Valentine 2001 vibes. So you can backtrack to I Love Is In The Scared Thing. Go listen to that episode. I don't know if that movie is streaming. It's probably somewhere. You'll find it. But this movie... (laughs) This movie, Sorority Row 2009, is currently streaming on Tubi. Cody, do you have any park recommendations for this one? I do. Um, This one's not straight up horror, but it's definitely having the same vibes, like the Mean Girl vibes that this one has. And it has to deal with a prank gone wrong. It's Jawbreaker. I love Jawbreaker. Yeah. And then... Terror Train, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. That's a college-themed one with another prank gone wrong and come back to haunt them. That's and a then, good one. That's yeah. on my Amazon list. Definitely check it out. And then um, Cry Wolf. That one is high school, but it still involves pranks coming back to haunt people. Which also It also has Julian Morris, who was in Sorority Row. This is a movie that I started and did not finish. Just couldn't feel it, or...? Wait, I... Cry Wolf or Sorority Row? No, Cry, <laughs> cry Wolf. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. We problem. I mean, okay, now, okay, you know what? Let's just hop to Alexis. Expose me now. Um, I saw this Sorority Row in theaters. However, uh, <laughs> when um, a few weeks ago when I was getting ready for the podcast, because some of the movies I watch in advance, and I was watching, and I was like, why don't I remember this? I don't remember a lot of this. And then I thought about when I first seen it in the theaters and how old I was and who I was with. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't remember a lot of these parts. So I'm done exposing myself now. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody else want to share to get the light off me? So (laughs) remember how I said I didn't think that I had actually saw this movie? Mm -hmm. Well, I have. And I didn't realize it until I started watching it. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you when I saw it. I just know it was sometime after it came out. I know for a fact that I didn't see it in the movie theaters. But once I saw Adrena name pop up across the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, I have seen this. They put her in here as clickbait. Pretty much. She was the almost essentially, it was almost insulting to say, the Drew Barrymore of the movie. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember when I saw this in theater, I was. Like when I first saw it, it was announced and I saw the cast, I'm like, oh my God, I am excited for this because I liked so many of these actresses that were in this. And of course, being a slasher, I was just, I was stoked. So I went opening day and I loved it. This movie is so 2009. It is. It's, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's so much of the mean humor in it that obviously a lot of it wouldn't fly today. I mentioned this earlier, it's based off the 80s original, The House on Sorority Row by Mark Rosman. And if you even notice, they throw a little shout out to him because the university is named after him. But Cody, before I go on, before I rant, having seen, you've seen the original, right? Yes. So having seen the original, are you happy with the direction that the film went in regard to Carrie Fisher? I don't want to give no spoilers because Johnny hasn't seen it yet or for any survivors that might not have seen the original. But the original is a little bit different. We'll talk about it light. I think it was definitely a great casting choice to have Carrie Fisher. Like, and whenever she's on screen, she just steals this. But I do like what they did with this remake. That they changed it up a little bit and made it more modern. Like, 
it does exactly what a remake is supposed to do in my mind. Right. Yeah, they changed up the vibes, made it more fun and very slasher-like. I thought it was a good blend of, like, 80s and 90s slashers. I felt that, too. I mean, even though, like I said, this movie is very, very 2009, but... I could still see the work. And even I read somewhere that the actresses were giving a screen pack. And for those of you who don't know what that is, usually when movies come out like this, um, directors or the writers, somebody will provide the actors and actresses with like a little package and it'll have different things in there that are inspired by the movie just to like get them in the set. Sometimes it could be movies, it can be books, whatever, you know? So in their screen pack for this movie, they had the movies Mean Girls, Heathers, Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. And you can see all of that throughout this movie. That's a perfect pack right there. Because like even when I had um, mentioned this film to you, and I said it's pretty much just a horror version of Mean Girls. It is. Definitely. I still want to know, though. Why wasn't the original movie included in here? Because I watched a few interviews. They was like, no, we haven't even seen the original. Maybe we should watch it. And I'm just like, what is that about? Because I noticed a few remakes that are made in this time, this little era. A lot of them are like, yeah, I've never seen the original. Why? Yeah. Like, even there's a few nods to the original, too. Like, you know, Yeah, like, we'll talk about them. Not as it goes on, but especially one in a pretty major scene. I'm like, y'all don't even know, <laughs> y'all don't even know how important this is. I mean, okay, we're horror fans, so we take it differently. But still, <sighs> okay, I'm going to save this heat for Ruin Nimara when we do A Nightmare on Elm Street whenever, because I don't plan on doing that no time soon, but I'm going to save all that heat for her. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, I saw, look, you saw someone today on social media ask, like, oh, why is, why is there such hate on Nightmare on Elm Street? I thought it was pretty good. I'm like, I'm not even going to touch that one. The wheels start turning in my head. Like, I just, you know, nope, 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 nope. Monopoly pull away. Nope, not doing it. Okay. <laughs> this one <laughs> is directed by Stuart Hindler. And he said once, you know, he got the script in a direction that he figured that he wanted it to go. He said the one thing that kind of drew him to it was the character development. So I was like, okay, let me see where you're going with this, right? Because I'm just curious. He claims that so many of the recent horror movies that were coming out around the 2009, you know, that time, would just get to immediately slashing people and killing right away. And you wouldn't get to know people. We don't even remember the names of people. But he felt like in Sorority Row, you actually got to know the characters before they all just die. And it kind of makes you feel more for them. And I'm in the middle of that. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean... Even before the first person of the main group is killed, it's probably about what a good forty minutes in. Mm-hmm. And, but they're all kind of just art like character types. So you right, kind of, they are so there's not so much development. It's just you pick who you like, and that's probably how it goes. And I would agree with that. That scene in the beginning, which we'll get to, literally just sets us up to be like, oh, this is this type, this is this type, this is this type. Boom. Okay, let's go. That's not character development, honey. But go off. This was also written by two men, Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. They also said when they were looking at the horror genre at the time, they felt like it had become too edgy and hard talking about films like Saul and Hostel. So they was like, you know, now we're trying to reinvent the story of the Seven Sisters, which is the house on Sorority Row. That's another name the film goes by. But, um... 
Mike Carr is another, you know, consultant in the film, was just talking about he felt like the film was really safe with Josh and Pete because they're funny and they know how to rewrite college students and made it for the modern college environment. Now, once again, I'm I'm one half with that because we was kind of wild then and just said anything. We really did say some rude things then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so when I watched the movie and I was like, dang, we was talking reckless like that. But when you watch it now, you just like, oh, damn. Mm-mm. This ain't gonna hurt. I know some of it still makes me chuckle. Like, cause they, it's like, oh, they went there. Like, mm-hmm. just cause I have a thing for mean humor. Like sometimes- I do I, too. Like the scene where Chugs makes a joke about the rugby sex. Like, obviously that is terrible, but I couldn't help but laugh. I'm not gonna stunt you. Very terrible, but I did laugh. A lot of the lines in this movie, and it's almost like I feel like okay, our generation. I feel like that's where a lot of our dark humor comes from. Cause we're like, that's terrible. I shouldn't laugh at that, but there's a corner in our bodies that's just we, like, hey, we grew you know, up that was funny. Yeah, yes, we grew up in that. that we grew up in that. It was still okay to make horrible jokes, but now it's just like, dang, say this shit now, you get canceled in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I mean, even some of the, besides like the jokes being as hard as they are, even though some are funny, I do have to admit I'm a terrible person. It's fine. I've accepted this. But um, some of, it's okay. (laughs) Some of Jessica's timing. Oh, Jessica, she she has my heart forever. (laughs) For her, um, for me, it was just like, Hmm. How do I want to say this? For me, some of it was, I wish they would have let it breathe a little bit. Because it was just rapid fire. Like, Chugs, her lines, she was actually able to be funny. Whereas Jessica, sometimes, like, it would just literally come at, like, dang, girl, can I cry? Like, you trying to make jokes. I'm trying to be sad. Yeah. Like, as funny as I find the, oh, she looks terrible line, you know, it's just, <laughs> like, it just feels random. As soon as that happens, and I know we're like doing this right now, it's fine, survivors. You enjoy it, it's fine. Um, it immediately jumps into some action right as she says it. Like, we don't get a second to be like, dang, girl, that's kind of messed up. Like, it just instantly goes bam into the next part, right? Before we just go ahead and just give you a full review of the movie before we even go anywhere, let me get into this cast. We got Brianna Evigan as Cassidy. Leah Pipes as Jessica, Rumor Willis as Ellie Morris, Jamie Chung as Claire, Margot Harshman as Chuds, Julian Morris as Andy, Audrina Patridge as Megan, Caroline D'Amour as Maggie, Carrie Fisher as Mrs. Crenshaw, Matt O'Leary as Garrett Bradley, and Matt Lautner as Kyle Tyson. Okay, a few things about this cast. Did y'all know they wanted Rumor? To originally play Jessica. I can, I don't see that. No. I don't see no. I'm like, that was not about to work. But apparently they gave her Ellie because she could scream really well, as we can see. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she actually studied Nev Campbell from Scream and kind of like tried to mimic hers. And she was like, It's pretty hard how she does it, but that's what I was trying to go for. But I'm like, sis, that was a good scream. And I feel like they just needed to take it back and not as far as the character, like no one needs to be screaming that much. I have reservations about Ellie that I'll get to because I got a whole thing about her, but it's fine. But also, I was doing my research. 
as I do. I found out when they originally wrote Chugs, she was going to be a plus size girl. And they, this is their words, plus size girl, big and body and loud. I was like, well, why she gotta be out? Yeah. And they just say, you know, when Margot came in, she just, you know, beat everybody else. So they just gave it to her and they liked her approach to it. But I was like, okay, well, why does, why was she originally written like that though? Yeah, I guess that's one fact I didn't know about it. Like, it definitely would have been interesting. Um, but, you know, Margot nailed the part, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see a plus size girl in the role. Yeah, but I guess, I guess my thing is, why did her being plus size have to equal to her being loud and big? And you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, hmm. I don't know. I don't know where the correlation was there. Like, because a plus size girl could have easily been Jessica or Cassidy or Ellie. I don't know what her like, you know, I'm just like, hmm, Josh and Pete. I don't know about that one. But also we have two men that are writing females and we see the result. I will say the biggest draw for me, though, was, in fact, Leah Pipes, because I knew her from the Disney Channel movie Pixel Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her in that so much. Now, when I saw she was going to be in that, I was like, oh, gosh, yes. And then she played another mean girl in the Lifetime movie, Odd Girl Out, with Alexa mm-hmm. Bagel. I remember mm-hmm. that one. And then, you know, another Disney girl in the movie, Margot Harshman. She was on Even Stevens. Yes. That's, yeah, I recognize her from that she one. She played Tawny. And then, then, of course, we recognize Brianna from Step Up 2. And then Jamie, um, I didn't recognize her anything from my childhood, but she was definitely in Gotham and she was in Lovecraft Country. And then Julian, he played Ren Kingston in Pretty Little Liars. I made a note about Pretty Little Liars and it was about Julian. But since you said it, I made something another note about him, too. But it's just funny. I'll leave it alone. I'll come back to it anyway. It's fine. Y'all just no, hold on real I, t- I know what you're going to say. <laughs> As far you as don't Jamie, know me. Okay. As far as Jamie, this was the first thing I'd seen her in, and I really liked her. And then after that, I think I saw her in Sucker Punch, and I liked her in that too. And she was she, in Grown Ups too, I think. Yeah, I she feel was like yeah. One of the ones. Yeah, the there you go. The daughter, mm-hmm. the daughter, I think. One of the daughters. Somebody. <laughs> but yeah, and I I really liked her. Like, I think I like her in everything she's been in. And I think she was on MTV and some MTV show initially. Hmm. I just remember she looked familiar. <laughs> Place my finger out of anything other than Lovecraft Country and um, Gotham. Before we go too far down memory lane, y'all can hold on tight because you see they tried to cut me off earlier. It's fine. Y'all can hold on tight because we'll be right back. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. When I was coming up for something for us to do in a queue line, I was like, well, I mean, Cody's going to be here, so I might as well just be such a good friend and do one that I know he'll love. So we're going to figure out which mean girl would be your bestie in college. Because um, obviously this movie was heavily inspired by mean girls. I mean, we (laughs) talked about that. So there that is. But 
Let's get started, shall we? Yeah. Choose a line. Girl. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. So you agree. You think you're really pretty. It's October 3rd. It's um, October 3rd. Duh. I'm picking it's October 3rd, too, because my birthday is October 1st. I'm picking gruel because I've actually said that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you stand out? My beauty, my intelligence, my bravery, my humor, everything about me or other. And of course, I chose everything about me. Duh. I'm going with my humor. I love it. Choose a number one, two, three, or four. My favorite out of these are three. Why did I pick that too, weirdo? I know. My mind, <laughs> I went immediately to three as well. I don't know why. It's okay. Three is a, is a, is a very cute number, especially next to seven. Okay. Pick a hashtag. Throwback Thursday, outfit of the day, solo, goals, squat challenge, or YOLO. YOLO. Oh, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, YOLO. Mine is outfit of the day. I would have had no idea. I, you know, at first, when I looked at hashtag solo, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, I'm thinking too hard. Duh. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Pick a country. Canada, Italy, Japan, or Morocco? I'm going to Italy. Italy. I want to go there. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Morocco. Pick a fruit. Strawberry, mango, apple, or grape? Strawberries. I'm picking grape, but I could be specific. It would be the cotton candy ones. Oh, those are good. Wow. Now I want some. Thanks. I'm going to pick the mango. I got this, and I picked different things this time a little bit, and I got the same result. (laughs) My bestie is Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Karen's a good friend. She was like, yes. I'm fine with Karen. She was the realest one. Right. She was just like in her own little world the whole time. And she could tell me the weather. I would never be wet in the rain. What did you guys get? Well, my best friend gets hit by a bus, so. Oh. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) I got Regina. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Both of you. She's going to backstab me and backstab me like no other. But you know what? I love her. Oh, wow. (laughs) You guys okay. love toxic relationships, huh? I mean, you know, I love for Jessica. It's fine. I was about to say, I guess you would fit perfectly at Theta Pi. Reminds me of Ellie's line. She'd have made a great Theta. Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but she, I, okay, you know what? You know what? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Hold on tight. Because when we come back, we're going to be talking 2009's Sorority Row. I hope as you girls prepare to go out into the world, that the things that you've learned here in Theta Pi will help you to do the right thing. We 
have a problem. What is it? Garrett cheated on me. You cheat on one theta, you cheat on every theta. That boy needs to be taught a lesson. <laughs> you all right? It's showtime. What's going on, babe? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Ew. Guys, get whoa. Uh, she's convulsing. What did you do? Go get the car now. She's really dead. What? She really died on this mud fuck. Hey, Garrett, we're gonna take care of this, okay? They did a bad, bad thing. What's happening? I can't see. You're dead, dummy. The body. Do we wrap it in the blanket as is, or do we drop it in little pieces first? All right, everybody spread out and find sharp rocks to dismember the body with. How long are you gonna keep this going? <laughs> what the hell did you do? She wasn't dead. Oh, We're all responsible. I don't see a way out of this. Maybe there is. I'm not gonna let this ruin our lives. If we all stick to the same story, no one will ever know. Congratulations, graduates. As happy as this day is, one of our sisters is still missing. To Megan, we love and miss you. Oh my God. It's a prank. It's the only explanation. Hello? I have one, guys. Megan came back from the dead. Now she wants to kill us. Megan? She's wearing a hooded gown. Half the Greek system is in hooded graduation gowns right now. It's not Megan. She's rotting in a mine shaft. I run a house with 50 crazy bitches. This trailer, once again, is so 2000s. It's so it 2000s. <laughs> I linked below. Cody and I were talking like a few days before the recording. And uh, there are some confessionals. And they're linked down below so you guys can watch them. And basically, it's just promo for the film, right? It's a recorded video of the girls trying to say, like, why you should enter Theta Pi. And then it just cuts into, like, the mini trailer. And one thing I peeped in the trailer, not y'all changing the writing down in the well. I noticed that, too. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. But I'm like, we went from your next to Theta Pi must die. Like, right. wow. But, I mean, one thing I liked about the, the, the confessional spots is that, you know, they were in character and it, they mm -hmm. did it perfectly. Like Chugs is my favorite because, you know, she was just having no filter. So eventually she just put on this fake persona just to please them. I'm going to just say this now. Chugs is one of my favorites. And it's definitely because you know who she reminds me of. She reminds me of Margot yes. Kidder's character in Black Christmas. For sure. And hits it right on the head. And I mean, both their names is Margot. But yes, hits it right on the head with that type of humor. Exactly. And then, of course, you know, Jessica had her very, very mean girl persona going on. When she's taking off the mic, she's like, of course, if you're not poor, da 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 da, da. I'm like, sis, well, <laughs> I did enjoy them. The confessionals are really good. So like I said, they're linked down below so you guys can all watch them. But the only one I didn't find one for was Ellie at the time of the recording. So if Ellie has one down there, it's because I found it. But at this time, I did not find one for her. And I'm like, damn, why y'all do her like that? Yeah. 
I know I did see one for Ellie back when the movie was coming out, but so I don't know why the hers would disappear. Most people just want to throw shade at Ellie like they always do. Oh my goodness, we will get into it because Ellie, oh child. All right. We start the movie with a false scare as an undeclad girl runs out of the Theta Pi house screaming, but not from a killer. Now we go into a one-shot scene of the Theta Pi sorority pajama party. Everything is in this party. So now you know why homegirl's also in her drawers because they had a pajama party. But everything is at this party. You got girls in onesies pillow fighting. Some of them got their booties out. Girls marking surgery lines on each other, dance routines. And I like that they put Brianna in there because, you know, step up to you had to do that. People making out everywhere, all the dreams you could ever want. The house mother, Miss Crenshaw, she's just chilling in the kitchen drinking, which in my opinion, I don't know if they were trying to do this. But in my opinion, it was another nod to Black Christmas, the house mother in that one. Oh, yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not too much because, you know, the the one in Black Christmas, she threw down <laughs> like she didn't play. Oh, but, and then even when we see Ellie, that guy talking to Ellie's like, how many years you've been a Theta? Like, girl, talk. <laughs> you can't answer the question. <laughs> I will. I love this opening shot, like the camera work in it. I just love it so much is how it pans around everywhere and then. You just get little glimpses of these characters, like the main girls, as you go through it. Mm-hmm. Who they are. I, I've i never been to a party like that. That's why I put in my notes. I'm like, are parties ever really this crazy, like even in major cities? I, I honestly want to know. Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. I, I mean, any <laughs> survivors out there, if you guys want to let us know, you guys can hit us up on our Twitter. But I've never HBC. been. Yeah, I went to HBCU. Nobody was naked like that at a daggone party and having pillow fights on a trampoline in the middle of a big-ass house. Not in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Well, just even that wild of a party, like, even all that aside, it's like, I, I can only imagine just seeing that stuff in movies. Like, I, I want to know where they are actually doing stuff like this and getting away with it. And that's my thing, like, actually getting away with it. Now, I will say at Indiana State, I've been to some parties where it was wall-to-wall, and there were lights and stuff everywhere, but it wasn't like this, like not at all like this. Or have you guys seen Can't Hardly Wait? Yeah. No. It makes me think of that opening scene too with the party. Or I no, that's not the opening scene, but that same party scene concept where all this stuff is going on. Even though Can't Hardly Wait is a little more mild than this, this one goes all the way. <laughs> like they're having a party. Okay. Can't Hardly Wait isn't that deep, but still, I'm like, I haven't been a party that was that jumping. Am I not doing it right? But it's like, yeah, even this one is tamer than that one movie that came out years ago. It's like an MTV movie, found footage. Project X? Yeah, that one. Okay, okay. You know what? Somebody please tell me, please, who was throwing these parties? Because I want to go. Now, I've been to some crazy parties, but they don't look like what we yeah that's what i'm like i've been to active and i'll say active i don't want to say crazy because active can be anything and (laughs) they just have not been this bumping and i'm just like i'm just trying to figure out did i miss something here like and this was my okay no 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 i was a junior when this movie came out junior high school so never mind i was about to say this was my era no it wasn't deny though that party did look fun i just want to be one of the girls on a trampoline i love a trampoline or one of the girls doing a dance routine. 
And it was me. Like, I am liable to bust out a dance routine in the middle of the floor. Only if people do. I'm not going to do it by myself, though. Only if other people do it. Group think. There you go. <laughs> it's already wrote. But this all leads us to Jessica, the head theta in charge, her room, where she gives a toast to her senior year, along with fellow seniors, Claire, Chugs, Ellie, and Cassidy. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier with the character intro. So Chugs is the party girl and everybody, you are lying to me. If you tell me you don't know a girl like Chugs, everybody knows a girl like Chugs. Then you have Ellie. She's the shy and quiet girl. Jessica, I just told you she the head theta in charge. There you go. Cassidy is clearly the final girl. And of course, that leaves Claire with just being the diversity which Jessica clearly says in her toast. I was just like, dang, why we have to do her like that? We couldn't give her nothing else. That's it. So rude. <laughs> and even with the toast, I have to admit, low key, we would say some stuff like that to each other. But it's like here and then now it's like, dang, we really said that to each other. I can't, can't stun. That shit now. <laughs> no, it's like I really can't as much as I want to look at the writers like, wow, why did y'all write this? I can't be too mad because. We, we did that. talk like that. I mean, there's a couple of them. Like, obviously, I'm a female, so maybe I can get your perspectives. But, like, the part where Chug says she, like, is joking about boning Claire's dad. Is that a joke that would still happen today? Yeah, that was yes. happen. We make yeah, those all the time. And then, and then saying, like, Ellie's a spell check with a nice rack. I could see a girl saying that to another one. Right, yeah. That's yeah. another one. I could say that. And then, of course, Kathy throwing shade to Jessica. That would be legit, too. So it's just Jessica, of course, being the one that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Even though we're talking about this one, the next scene actually ages well. <laughs> when Jessica mentions that, you know, she's about to show them a classic that's going to be on YouTube. I really don't know if this started like in two. It didn't start. But if it got popular in like 2018, maybe 2019, when recording pranks became a thing again, and then influencers started doing it. And per usual, it was the select few that took it way too far. This was just like that. I was like, wow, well, at least that, you know, didn't age too bad because we're still playing for, well, not we, people still out there playing too much and the stuff be going left, just like this one. So this is the joke, y'all. She pulls up a hidden camera that's in Megan's room. And the goal is to get back at Garrett. Megan's boyfriend, Chug's little brother, for cheating on Megan, even though Megan cheated on him first. But, you know, she a theta. You cheat on one. You cheat on them all. Road dog stuff. So they gave Garrett placebo roofies that were actually B12. He gave her all of them. She passes out. He makes moves on her. Gross. And let me tell you something. Pause. Time out. When Chug's makes that comment about the roofies, and, you know, the other girl, like Cassidy, Ellie, they're like, Chugs, no. Like, they know what's wrong. Right. So I am glad they do that. But I'm just like, yeah, no. I mean, I know sometimes you think stuff and you think it's funny, but you just leave it in the thoughts. Don't say it. But suddenly, 
<laughs> Megan starts foaming at the mouth and convulsing. This being, you know, like I said, he put all of the placebos in the drink. By the time the girls go in to see what went wrong, Megan isn't breathing and panicked. Jessica performs CPR and everybody else springs into action. They send Garrett to go get the Escalade because, of course, it was always an Escalade in this era. Like, mm-hmm. go, like yep. oh my gosh, dang. Not even just in the horror movies. All of the movies in, to, in the um, early 2000s, somebody had to have an escalate you're right you're right and you know what i'm gonna be real petty you know who started it alia would get paid in the escalate on 106 and park and be okay i quit i quit, I quit. Okay, i'm sorry <laughs> i know i'm sorry <laughs> for an alia connection john a is so sick of me because i it's either alia or it's carrie with me yep or freddie <laughs> And I'm sorry, but it's okay because I wouldn't be me if I didn't do it, but it's cool. So once Garrett leaves out, this is all revealed to be a prank. Megan isn't dead. You know, they was just doing the most like I was saying earlier, but there's a part two to the prank. They get in the Escalade. Claire's driving. Garrett is freaking out. Chugs and Jessica, they just egging it on. Claire talking about she missed the turn. So, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is too much. Y'all doing a lot. And then just Chugs is all like, we're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I just love it. Margot Harshman is just so good in this. Because I'm just like, first of all, when Claire, it was Claire when she said she missed the turn. That's triggering. Okay. As a person that like was whipped into being on time to places like knowing you missed a turn and that's gonna put some extra minutes on your chip that's triggering so why did she do that to that poor kid and i mean they're not even done because garrett is really convinced that megan died so much so that when they pull up to a mining site they lay her body out and you know they still playing talking about well let's dismember her body her boobs might make her float like they were joking but you know and it was like they got to get the air out and it happens so fast, y'all. Literally happens so fast. Garrett goes to the back of the car, grabs a tire iron, and just steals Megan in the chest. Ooh, the plot thickens, y'all. And the whole time, Megan set up her camera phone, and this all got caught on camera, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. First of all, why did y'all leave? Nobody wanted to stay with the body. Like, y'all just all left Megan just laid out on the floor. Then, when y'all did go help her, it was only Cassidy and Ellie. Everybody else was on standby. You know, Jessica couldn't get her manicure messed up. <laughs> then, not to mention, you forget that they're in pajamas the whole entire time. I will say, Liam Pipes' performance here it was really good because I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she really was stunned and, like, kind of sad a bit. But then, right. obviously, completely has that moment where she shakes it off and then goes into actual Jessica mode. Almost like Juno from The Descent. Yep. That heifer. But it's okay. We're not going to start on her today. (laughs) So instead of taking her sister, well, their sister, back home, they weigh all the ample possibilities that this can go. And then they come to the conclusion that they'll just dump her body, phone, and the tire iron down the shaft first of all not them dumping her head first like y'all couldn't be decent in it i don't know like i don't know what y'all could have did but not head first whole time cassidy wasn't even around she stepped away to go get some signal because she wanted to call the police and when she comes back these heifers let her know they was like oh yeah just so you won't say anything we wrapped her up in your jacket so um 
what you gonna do now? Wow. The lowest. Like, really? Over the five tenets of sisterhood? Wow. That's some bull. That's really messed up. Is that what y'all really be doing out in these streets? But also not Garrett pulling the I know what you did last summer on Cassidy when she wanted to call the police and he like tried to like snatch her up like Barry did. Yeah. To, uh, yeah, I was like, oh no. <laughs> This is not how this is about to work. You know what? I'm narking on Garrett. I don't care. Most I guess probation. I feel like I don't know what I would have did, but I'm just like, that's somebody's daughter. And I get that we was knuckleheading around and what we did, like, is the reason of this. But throwing her down a shaft, though. Megan wouldn't want us to suffer for this. Yes, the fuck she would. You killed her. That's why I'm like, what type of sisterhood is this? Because this ain't it. But anyway. Eight months later at graduation, Cassidy has grown apart from her sisters. She ain't even messing with them at the actual graduation. Like she off in the cut. Her boyfriend, Andy, the valedictorian, even calls it out, specifically noting that it started that night. And it even shows more when they're all back together at the Theta Pi house. Everyone is literally gone back to their regular, especially Chugs, who's supposed to be giving freshman orientation. But, um, you know. She busy giving private tours. <laughs> That's because I threw up before, but I ate a mint, so you're fine. Ew! So much. Disgusting. During, <laughs> during a farewell address, the girls think that they see Megan in the crowd. However, it's just her little sister, Maggie, who is attending Rossman next year and plans on pledging Theta. Okay, time out. They don't even look alike. I me say that. Not even close. I I'm trying to figure out what I have settled for you know how in okay like how they did Lindsay Lohan in the parent trap even though we have a twin theory for that and I know who killed me we have a twin theory for that but it's fine I'm gonna leave it alone um I wonder if I would have been okay if they pulled that and just had Audrina come back as her sister like if she had a twin sister that just wasn't a theta or something would I have gone for that yeah it's change her hair up or something yeah, but I'm like, Maggie, they don't even look alike. Ellie, you doing the most. Right. Chugs is all like thinking it's her. And it's like, Chugs, I know you are a drinker, but come on, you know it's not her. Exactly. Also, on the flip side, I just want to take the moment, even though I am not a part of a Greek organization, I do want to take a moment to point out how different um, a Black organization is from a white one. So if you notice, they talk about um, only being sisters for four years. So apparently in a white organization, you're only a part of that organization for the four years or I guess the years that you are in school. Once you're out of school, you're no longer in the organization. On the flip side, that's for life. Like you there, like that's you. Like those are your sisters forever. You are locked down. Also, I say this to say, when Maggie goes, I plan on pledging Theta, I guess. I was like, girl, you're not supposed to do that. But then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, never mind. Wrong place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they do this. So you, you're you not supposed to tell where your interests lie. You're just supposed to do your research and wherever you go is where you go. And it's all on the download. So that's how that works. But apparently they don't have secrecy here, even though that's one of the five tenets. But um, we'll talk about that later. It's like if you're a legacy, though, you're typically more than likely to join the same sorority or fraternity right mm-hmm. yeah but you still don't make it now so like if you're a legacy that doesn't mean like you're a shoe in you can still get denied but you know 
it's highly frowned upon to deny a legacy member, but yeah. it happens. It happens. Also, can we talk about how they date the movie, even though Facebook is still a thing? But friend me on Facebook, I'll totally confirm. Because remember, in the early 2000s, Facebook was only a college thing. Girl, yes, but the crazy part is I've been on Facebook since 2009, and I know I wasn't supposed to be on there in 2009. Oh, my gosh. The times have changed. Oh, my goodness. We were really MySpace babies. It's fine. Whatever. MySpace babies. So this is what I was going to bring up earlier. The girls all receive a text with a picture of the tire iron and instantly suspect that it's Garrett. But I was like, when they phones all ring, I thought it was pretty little liars. <laughs> and that's where Julian popped in my head. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, y'all know what we know. So, yes, there we go. Yes. But also not Jessica trying to rub it in um, Cassidy's face saying she could have gone to the police. Girl, y'all, the way y'all did her, why was she going to snitch on herself? Because y'all made it look like she did it. So why would she go? I wouldn't have gone. But also, can we talk about this friend pen? You said the what? The friend pen. I missed that. So Cassidy, throughout the movie, she's using this thing. It's kind of like a, it's not oh. find my iPhone. It's like find like my, my friend. friend. Oh, that. I don't even remember anything like that being around at that time. I don't remember that either. I Unless don't you, either. Foursquare? They were pinning each other. It's significance to it later, but I was still trying to figure out what was the point of it. I think Foursquare was like a thing in the early 2000s. It was. Oh, yeah. March 11, 2009. I never used that. Like I knew of it. And I don't even find find your friend or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was just like. I mean, I'll just hit them up on the Internet and if they answer, I guess, or I'll text them after nine o'clock when my minutes are free. I mean, you know. We could do that. Mrs. Crenshaw says goodbye to the girls, along with um, a gift of silver bracelets that Jessica just poops on. Oh, my God. She's so ungrateful. You could at least just wore them around her, even if you didn't like them. But Miss Crenshaw is a really cool house mom, I want to add. She is. They have to just drive the point across that Chugs is like the wild girl. Slut. Not y'all calling out y'all sisters. Meanwhile, Claire's in the jacuzzi <laughs> filling it up with bubbles with Mickey. <sighs> we'll get into Mickey because he was getting on my nerves. He, I just got something planned for him and I'll get into it later. But Chugs goes to her five o'clock therapy session, hoping to score some oxy from Dr. Rosenberg. We actually learned that, um, trigger warning, he's having sex with his patient in exchange for meds. He is a freak. She comes up to her appointment. This man is handcuffed to the bed from his last appointment. And then just going to be like BDSM, but he dirty. (laughs) Just trifling. It was was him telling her that we could just pick up where they left off for me. Exactly. "Mm -mm, Go wash the dick off. So um, Chugs goes and cleans herself up. But while that happens, a hooded figure comes and kills Dr. Rosenberg and later kills Chugs by shoving a bottle deep down her throat, then slicing it open. Best kill in the entire movie. And they show it in the trailer, too, which really sucks because it is the best death in the movie. And this is what I'm talking about. If they wanted to include that, I think it would have been cool to like have it kind of cut to where 
it's where he shows her, but then it shows cuts to the killer throwing the tire iron, even though he throws it at the shrink. So it makes it look like that's how she dies, but it's not. Uh, I, this is reasons why I don't drink laying down. I just I can see that being a fear. Yeah. <laughs> Instant I death. I think to make this um, death a little more visceral than what it was, if they would have shot it from the killer's perspective, pushing it down her throat, that would have been crazy. That would have been cool, yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, even like even if they did show it in the commercial as it's filmed, as we get in the movie, if they had shown that angle in the commercial, but in the movie it's a whole different angle and makes it look wilder than it is, I would have loved that. But I also like that the gurgling from her dying is mixed with the bubbles being put in the jacuzzi because they're putting more freaking bubbles in the jacuzzi. Y'all got money. want to destroy shit. Something like that. So Jessica goes to lunch with her, hopefully, future father-in-law, who is Senator Tyson. And let me tell you something. I feel like Senator Tyson out Jessica's Jessica. Mm -hmm. You're a spirited girl. Thank you. I didn't mean that as a compliment. That's them politicians for you. She knew what she was in for. Not really. But hey, if you did she, you gotta be able to take it. Yes, she does. I felt so bad. I said, damn, he just like reading her for her whole entire life. Like, sis, you better get it together or you ain't about to get none of this money, okay? None. Even later when it shows um Kyle's psycho persona coming out when he gets a little aggressive with her, like girl run. Right. I'm like, you don't want to be in this family anyway. And I mean, she makes a comment about it later, even though it's once again rushed by something else and we'll talk about it. But I'm like, girl, you ain't want that anyway. I get it. I know. I know. But mm -mm, you know. Speaking of no, Mickey, ew, looking up girl skirts while your girlfriend is literally right there in front of you. Like, just literally walking around and lifting up girls' skirts and looking up them. I'm just like, wow. He was a dick. And it gets worse. Later on in the shower room, Claire and Jessica, they end up talking about, you know, that night. Because they got triggered by that text that they just get. And when they leave, there was a girl up in there. Okay, so there's a girl in there. Apparently, the showers are like, some of them are senior showers. Y'all know how that stuff go. And there was a girl in there that wasn't supposed to be up in there. She gets called. They send her out. However, there's another girl who also was not supposed to be in there. Her name's Joanna. She gets caught up. She ends up getting killed because she overheard the conversation. Now, I just want to say. That's so how. Sad. But how? I got two hows in this movie, and this is one of them. How were you around to know that she overheard that? Unless the killer is already hiding in the shower. Yeah, I think the killer was already hiding around. And you just happen to be there in this big old house? I mean, if you stalk in your prey, you're just waiting for the opportune time. I guess this whole shower scene was a reshoot, like they wrote it in. So I guess that would make sense why some things don't really fit there. Okay. But this is what got me. Waxing isn't just for floors anymore. Oh, leave my pubes alone. Okay, first of all, why are you looking? Wanna and taste? then had the nerve to talk about some. If you just wanted to see perfect tits, you just said so. Girl, your tits not perfect. 
I was gonna say something, but I didn't want to be that guy. It's okay. Like, I mean, they looks like she had just gotten construction on them. Not gonna lie. Construction. <laughs> 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 Cody said jackhammer. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh damn. Just hurt that whole girl feelings. If you ever listen to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor child. Oh my God. Because they just got Ellie doing all types of stuff. They send her to the basement for like vodka and something else is in the basement. I don't know. Something else is down there. But while she's down there, she finds Cassidy's jacket and Kyle. Why is Kyle in the basement? Well, he said he came down there to help her, but why? But I just want to know how that dude did not break his back flipping into the foam like that. He landed he did. so hard. The whole crowd was like, what the fuck? I would have been looking like, what the fuck, too? Because I thought he wasn't going to pop back up. I mean, of course, he's going to pop back up because of movie. Movie's going to movie. But um, in real life? Mm-mm, I know he was hurt. Well, even like before that, one of the girls were like, oh, yeah, this is going to end well. Which I like that. And which is not his turmoil, sis. But that is like my mindset when I'm at parties. I just kind of see people being stupid. I'm like, this is going to end well. Oh, that reminds me of the time I was in Charleston, I think in May. Yeah, it was at the end of May, beginning of June. And this girl was walking down the street and just looking at the way her feet were turned in, she had on heels. And I was like, yo, she, her ankles are going to buckle and she is going to fall the fuck out. But you know what happened instead? Her shoe broke, like the heel completely detached from the shoe and I felt so bad because as soon as I had said what I said her shoe broke and I felt like I did it Damn. well <laughs> I really did I was like oh my god I jinxed her one thing I gotta say about Ellie too is she gets some really good quips in like even if it's just little mutters like she gets some good ones in like uh when she's down in the basement she's like here less Ellie she never got laid and poor thing when they're setting up for the party and the girl comes out and she's like already wasted. She's like, it's five o'clock. I'm already wasted. And then she's like, and she'd be pregnant by 10. <laughs> like as much as I'm like harking on the dialogue, cause it, oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about um, rewind real quick. We didn't talk about when Chugs was waiting on Dr. Rosenberg and catch me, rate me. Like, yeah. That catch me, catch rate me, me, rate me. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, um, I don't know about that one. That actually kind of made me a little sad because I'm like, is this something that y'all actually played before? I mean, technically, that's what he's doing. Oh, yes. I mean, of course, they want the drugs, but they don't. They're not trying to give for them drugs. They just doing it. All right. And she even says like that he's an ass man. I'm like, oh, right. That's a lot. Okay, fast forward. (laughs) So Claire's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, X now. Mickey is just the worst. I cannot get over how terrible he is. So he tells Claire that he can literally have any girl in his party. First of all, first of all, first of all, he was dancing all off beat anyway. And so Claire just breaks it off with him. She, um, Rashada Nunu's her necklace off herself and throws it at Mickey. And that's just it. But also Cody... The I'm a sea pig reference killed me. I did not like it. Yeah, it didn't work as well 
because you know obviously in the original like it's not a spoiler johnny don't worry but yeah yeah, like a bigger guy and he's like in the pool and just spitting water all over the place that actually sounds screaming screaming he's a sea pig but in this one it's just a guy taking a kid i don't it's not even a kick like because i definitely didn't get it i was just looking like okay what <laughs> yeah and and it's very misplaced like it would have worked like they and they had a jacuzzi i mean they could have did something in the jacuzzi or i mean they could have just left it alone we didn't need it because it wasn't like people only people like me and cody know because we've seen the original <laughs> that's it and it's misplaced i'm just like okay thank you for trying but all right back to mickey he tries to hit on Ellie and I'm just like, are you serious? Really? Her friend though. I'm not, I'm not putting it past them, but for real. And then some teens are trying to sneak into the party. He's trying to get these girls to flash him because they have these wristbands. So you can like get in the party and drink. He has some. And I'm just like, ew, I'm glad you got cock blocked by the killer. And Ellie saw the whole thing. And they throw shade at him. You're not real hot either. I'm like, he's not. No, he is not. And then you got Ellie before that saying like, Mickey, if you touch me again, I'll fucking kill you. And it's like, you go, Ellie. Okay. You know, nope, nope, nope. I'm a hold on. Just remember she said that y'all keep a tab on that. As we all wanted, Mickey is attacked and murdered by the killer, which Ellie also witnesses the entire thing. And this is where I had something to say. In my opinion, what should have happened was Mickey should have actually gotten down the chute, but the killer throws it because, you know, we see he got a crazy arm. He throws the tire iron and it catches Mickey in the peen and castrates him like the Rage Carry 2 style. I would have liked that. That would have been more fitting for his character. Yes. I'm like, Mm -hmm. see, y'all need to hit me up for the kills because I got I do this. okay, but Yes, like his kill was cool, but it was like just I he needed more because he was really a tool. He was a dickhead. He needed to die. And I do love the way the killer spun the tire iron. That just really neat. Like, okay, yeah, that was kind of cool. I feel like I could uh, one could not do that with a real tire iron because those are heavy as hell. Well, not heavy as hell, but they're heavy. You wouldn't be able to spin. They that. are. They are. Ellie is causing a scene in the Theta Pi house, and everybody, especially Kyle, is noticing. He even asked Jessica, like, you know, what's good with your girl? Like, you said you had this. And Jessica's like, I do, I got it. Just give me a second. And this is where Ellie is stressing everybody out. Like, she can't even get any words out of her mouth. Just say dead body. I don't know. Say dead. Something, hey, anything. One, one syllable. Go. <laughs> Half of the Greek population has on robes. Like, just have one eye, two ears, something. After Jessica and Cassidy discover Mickey's body, they, along with Claire and Ellie, all receive a text containing a video of Megan's death and a message telling them to be at the mine shaft in 20 minutes or this is going to the police. And this is the part where, you know, they're separated. So Jessica and Cassidy are like, okay, we can't let Ellie see this. And you just hear Ellie screaming in the background. <laughs> I'm like, I felt like that was a running joke, but it was funny to me. Yeah, too late. Claire doesn't even get a second to breathe after learning about her ex-boyfriend. I mean, okay, yes, like I said, he was a tool, but still. And then just even later, it's like, why Mickey? I don't know, because he's a dick. Fucking oh, Mickey. Goodness. 
I love that they call it out. And even this is right when Maggie pops up and Ellie again starts screaming and Claire's like, Ellie, you have got to stop doing that. Speaking for the audience. Listen, that's how I feel when my mama be screaming. Be like, mom, please stop. <laughs> when it comes to horror movies, we know it's scary or not scary, but please stop screaming so we can watch the movie. But it's like here... Like, I'm just loving how on the ball Jessica is. She does not have time for bullshit. She is like, let's go. Let's get this shit taken care of. You know, she's like just dragging everybody everywhere. She doesn't have time to watch Cassidy make out with Andy. And then she's like, do you have a weapon or something? Yeah, there's a chance on the glove box. Like, <laughs> But you know what? You know what? She might have a sharp tongue, but Maggie was eating her up. You might want to take care of that hair first because it looks like ish. I said, oh. I don't get it, though. Jessica's hair was fine. Yeah, I was just like, it's nothing wrong. Like, dang, sis. Like, ma'am. Like, first of all, first of all, you should see what you have on. Those Charlotte Russe shoes. I know, sis. All of them. All of them had all Charlotte Russe made a killing. And you know what? I'm not going to do that because um, the Mona May is the costume designer and Mona May is legendary in these streets, so I'm not gonna do her. But I am going to say that Charlotte Roos had a heyday in this movie, okay? And you will not, you will not convince me otherwise. I love Charlotte Roos. Loved it. I did too. I loved it too at that time. And that's in John A, all all survivors out there that have ever shopped at Charlotte Roos especially in this era you you've seen the fashions y'all mm. seen them chunky necklaces that they had on those um of the stripes everything was freaking striped i'm glad it resonated with you both because i had no idea what i, I just see clothes <laughs> <laughs> like it was those one. shoes that chugs had on in the scene where she got killed and they like zeroed in on the shoes i'm like i've seen those fucking shoes before <laughs> Okay, like the straps, like just so chunky. Everything was chunky and strappy. The headbands, that was a thing. Oh goodness, it was a time. Like just gosh, like Having why do we hump get that in the front of your hair with the ponytail in the back and then the half yep. down? Oh my gosh! Or the the makeup is really what sent me. Just having it so dark and it's not blended out at all. The thin eyebrows. Oh, child. Why? 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 I want to see y'all recreate that. Like, you know how cycles cycle, like how we're in the Y2K phase right now? I'm just waiting. I don't want to see that ever again. Oh, I didn't say I was going to participate, but I'm just waiting to see what trends y'all going to pick out because we was wearing neon skinny jeans. I think y'all forgot that we was jerking in neon skinny jeans and vans. And oh my gosh, like just. I am glad that proof I had of all those neon colors has disappeared somewhere and I can't find them. Child, okay, let me just stop going in on myself and just continue because I am going in on myself and I feel victimized by Ashley. So I quit. Once they get to the mine shaft, they encounter Garrett, who has slit his wrist and then starts threatening them with a piece of mirror. Thinking Garrett is about to harm them, Jessica runs him over with her Escalade twice, killing him. I'm like, girl, you could have just hit him once. And just like, I'm pretty sure he would get the point across. He probably wouldn't have moved. You know the rule of horror. One time is not enough. But the thing is, he turns out to not be the killer. 
Because the whole time he was getting the same messages that they were. And he had part of the jacket, too. Now, Ellie is like, okay, it's Megan. Like, Megan has to be the killer. And, you know, she was like, well, maybe she didn't die. Maybe there's some paranormal stuff. Like, I don't know. She's seeking revenge. Like, it's this ain't right. Y'all stabbed her through the heart and dropped her on the head. She did. Listen, I'm just, I guess they just need a proof. So they end up lowering Cassidy down the mine shaft, which I'm just like, we just couldn't like tie our phone with a light to the chain and just lower the phone down while it's recording. Like we had to put a person down there. We couldn't think, no, that's not what we're doing. Okay, whatever. It'd be rusty as hell. She's going to get tetanus. Something. But instead of getting tetanus, she, well, I mean, we don't know because it's a loose chain and the chain snaps and she drops all the way down and Megan's body isn't there. And it's rats down there. It's dirty. She could have got some melts just by landing down there. Right. Like she could have broke something. Maybe. Right. And this is where we see the sign that says Theta Pi must die. But first of all, first of all, first of all, I think this is the only time we get a genuine sorry from Jessica because Jessica is holding the shard of glass that Garrett had, right? And they're using it to like reflect light so um, Cassidy can see. And Ellie does something weird and bumps into Jessica and makes her drop the shard. And Jessica's like, sorry. I think that's the only genuine sorry we're ever going to get from her in this entire movie. And I, I think we should take that for granted. Exactly. I do love her line to Ellie, though. Nice, Ellie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so much. I don't know why. Because it's just like, dang, like, come off Ellie, though. Like, this is already too much. So back at the now empty and trashed, I mean trashed sorority house, the girls receive another text from Chugs's phone this time telling them that um, she won't be able to attend the party because she's dead. Cringe emoji face. Not with the emojis, though. <laughs> and then poor Claire. Poor Claire gets murdered with a flare gun to the mouth while trying to turn off the broken jacuzzi because, you know, like I told y'all, too many bubbles overflowed. It is a good set piece, though, and it is kind of scary. It could have been longer, though, too. It could have been like a decent like chase or fight scene, even just like a brief one. Yeah, but you know what? They really put her character through it. Like her dad was sick. Her parents are divorced. Her boyfriend, even though he was a butthole, but that's another part, he got killed. And then the torture that she goes through before dying, because I know, first of all, when, when did the killer wrap that cord around her ankle? That's number one. I can tell you. So if you were watching her feet as she was like walking through, she stepped in between the cord Oh. While it was kind of like already tied. So all they had to do was yank it real fast and we'll chop her ankle. Yep. Gotcha. So that's okay. so that's how that happened. Okay. I was wondering. I was watching, but all I could do was say Charlotte Roos, 1999 sale. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had so many shoes from there. I think I still have a pair of heels that are my work heels. I I worked at Charlotte Roos, so yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to incriminate myself any further. I'm pretty sure there's still some Charlotte Russe in my wardrobe today. And it's all right. Okay. Moving on off of me. <laughs> I did like that Claire get like got, had like a brief moment too. Like when she's like confiding to Cassidy. I do like that they give her that 
being that Claire was the follower character, like following Jessica's character and really just did whatever she did. So when she does get that moment with Cassidy, even though I already liked Claire, that does make you like her more. Yeah. Like in some ways it's kind of like Helen. And I know too, I know what she did last summer mm-hmm. where she's confiding to Julie and saying like, Oh, like I regret this. What happened? And all that. I guess that little um, pack that they got really was a good little pack of movies that they got because it's all there. Yeah. Another Claire thing I did like. I did like when they're coming up to the party and Claire and they're like, where is everybody? And Claire's like, probably dead. And then Jessica's like, yeah. And the corpses drove their cars home, dumbass. Bitch. (laughs) I I was great. Like, it's like for real. But see, okay, now, because right after that, that's when Bucky tells them that everybody went to the party at Rose Sigma Nu. And I'm just like, I know that this is y'all sorority house, but I'm just thinking if y'all had just went to the party because she's like, I'll see you later. And Claire shakes her head. Yeah, I don't know if y'all peeped, even though I'm like, sis, like y'all place is trash. But I'm just like, had y'all just went to the party, y'all could have bought yourselves some hours or at least got out alive i feel like y'all should have just left because the killer just would have been playing not playing hide and seek with nobody and then garrett would have just been chilling at the mine by himself yeah so less chances of you getting killed but you know that's just my perspective but it's okay now this is where i got the valentine vibes when they enter the sorority house and it's all dark and the music's just playing it reminds me of the third act in valentine Definitely, I can see that. Then he also had like the other House on Sorority Row reference when Cassidy goes out to try and save Claire. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. And once again, I'm just like, we're having this moment where we recognize the cane, but I'm like, I wonder, did they even know like what that cane meant? Right. Like, that is obviously something only people have seen the original, which I'm guessing very few probably would have because it's not really one of the more well known slashes. It's not. You obviously have to fit the cannon somehow, like you had to. But I also just love, it, like, when you have a final girl who is actually running towards the danger. Like, just, you know, she has something she needs to do. She's going to save people. Like, just how Sydney did in Scream 4, running to Olivia's house. That's just oh my one thing. God. Yeah. She is just that girl. I know this is not a Scream podcast. There's one out there, but Sydney, Jesus, she was over it in that movie. She was just like, you know what? <laughs> I can't wait to see her in five. Okay. Okay, guys. While searching for Kyle in the house, Jessica runs into Maggie, who claims she just slept with Kyle. First of all, Maggie is in Jessica's bed, just all under the covers. And let me just say, because I'm petty, can I talk about the terrible stunt double cover-up work that was done here? Because their hair, when they're fighting, their hair is like all over their heads. You can't see anything. But then it cuts and Cassidy like comes to intervene. All of a sudden, everybody's hair is all nice and combed. And then Maggie is like doing like she's squatting up to punch Jessica. But the way she got her arm back, I'm like, girl, what are you about to punch the air? Like what? Her arm is way too far back. I'm like, what? Yes, her arm was so far back and it was chicken winged. I'm like, girl, what are you about to punch? Like you are not, you are about to waste so much energy trying to get the shot off that if it does hit somebody, it's going to feel like a tap. Like girl, bye. Anyway, 
You know somebody who really doubted it, though? Mrs. Crenshaw. They run into her, and she just off-top chin-checks Jessica with the end of the shotgun. I'm like, well, dang. This is how you solve stuff in this house? And Jessica taking action. She went to grab an axe. Screw this. She going to get the axe. She's about ready to whack some stuff. Even though she gets whacked, but, you know. Right. Everybody was just over it at this point. And this is also where Jessica admits that she told Kyle about Megan's murder. And if I was Maggie, I just don't feel like Maggie responded accordingly because I would have killed her. Yeah, she would have been dead. Like Mrs. Crenshaw is just trying to like break it up and get explanations and words. I'm like, girl, no, she got to get these hands first. My sister? Oh, no, honey. Uh uh-uh. So she sends everybody, Mrs. Crenshaw, that is, to Jessica's room to call the police while she searches for the killer. Ellie... And this is what I wanted to talk about, y'all. Ellie has this moment that makes me think that she is the killer because Cassie is going around asking everybody where's their phones, where they could call 911. And Ellie literally has a moment on Cassidy. And she's like, I just had a long day and I just, I just need a minute. Can you just, uh. and I'm thinking like she's about to have a moment and reveal she's the killer and they all have to get out the room. Because it would have been cool if Ellie was the killer. Spoiler alert. She, I mean, we in spoiler territory. She's not the killer. But I wish she would have been the killer because she would have had all the reason to be the killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, they forced her to secrecy. As I say, yeah, that's one, like, one thing I know, too, is that it would have been cooler if Ellie was the killer. Because they forced her to secrecy, right? They're always bullying her, always using her for her smarts. Like she's the valedictorian in a sorority house, not of the school. It was something else that happens that was like, oh yeah, it can be Ellie. When she tells Mickey that she's going to kill him, I'm like, well, shoot, she might be the killer. But then, you know, she witnesses Mickey's death. But I'm like, she could be in cahoots with somebody. You know, they always trying to do a plot twist. So it can be anything, but. Maggie ends up leaving the room because she thinks that it might be Megan. So she's trying to see if she can find her sister. Oh, no, don't go out there. I tried to warn her. That's my second favorite Jessica line. (laughs) It's the way she delivers it. That's so funny. I don't know if anybody besides me is a bad girls club connoisseur. Like that is one of my favorite guilty pleasure trash TV shows. And there is a girl season seven, I believe, when they go to New Orleans and her name is Tasha. Oh, my gosh. That's the exact vibe I get. I'll like do a comparison on our IG page. But if you know what I'm talking about, you see the comparison. But Jesus, Jessica, she was just on it. But this is where, like I said, they're going to go back to Mickey's body to get his cell phone off his body so they can call 911. Then we go back to Mrs. Crenshaw, who, after many failed attempts to shoot the killer and reload the gun, it's kind of like, y'all know when y'all at Dave and Buster's or any arcade and you trying to shoot, but you got to reload, and then you don't realize to the last second you got to reload, but it's too late and you get killed. This is exactly what happens. But here's another one of my house. How do we get the tire iron back if Miss Crenshaw got impaled on it? We don't have no answers. I thought so, because that don't make no sense. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have an answer for that one. No, yeah, I don't know. Just got a big supply of tire irons. 
And it's awfully clean the next time we see it because the way they impaled Mrs. Crenshaw on it, that thing should be like dripping. Maybe there's more than one. I mean, it could be, but I highly doubt it. Why not? Because that's a tricked out tire iron. Who about to trick out two tire irons? Someone that is very dedicated to their craft of killing. (laughs) So downstairs, the... (laughs) Girl. Spoken <laughs> like a true killer. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, y'all be talking about me. <laughs> Downstairs, the killer confronts Maggie and pulls a Mikey and throws a Molotov cocktail bomb at her, setting the house on fire. And wait a minute, because pause, because we get a cut back to Ellie and she's like, I got to do something. And why did this girl go hide in the goddamn closet with her legs out? I was just like, sis. Well, you literally hear her say like, what? She says like, fuck or something like that. We'll come back to you. All right. Cassidy and Jessica, they run into Kyle. He's in a row because, you know, he was about to get caught. So he was trying to like, you know hurry up and slip into something him and jessica they get into a little tussle and then he gets knocked unconscious and cassidy and jessica they run to a bathroom that's getting renovated and this is where they find out that the house is on fire and fine this is my favorite line from jessica who the hell let the house on fire Uh, it happens so fast. That's why I'm like a lot of the comedy in this movie is quick. And if you, I feel like if you do just see it one time, you're probably not going to catch everything that's said because you're like paying attention to everything else that's going on. Because right after this is when they find Megan's corpse and she's like, oh my God, she looks terrible. But then Kyle comes smashing in the room. So it's like all so quick, you know? One thing I do want to mention, too, is I love how Jessica is melting off to Kyle back in the room. You know, my father's, oh, maybe I'm fucking the wrong guy. And then, you know, she saves Cassidy. She whacks him in the head with the axe. You know, they got each other's backs. So I guess that's only a little bit of Jessica's development there. Yeah. I mean, I told you we got that. Sorry. And then we got this, too. So, you know, there we go. So once he comes through the door, this is where, you know. She finally gets knocked out and he's about to kill Cassidy. Then he gets hit in the back of the head. And I'm thinking it's Jessica, but it's actually Andy. And then once Jessica does regain consciousness and, you know, she's like, okay, well, what's going on? Cassidy slowly puts two and two together that Andy is the killer. Because she sees Jessica like looking at her like freaks because Jessica is the first one to see that Andy is the killer. Because of the tire iron in his pocket, like in his back pocket, right? Yeah. And so I'm just like, okay. The cogs are turning in my head because I'm just like, um, am I okay with Andy being the killer? I don't know. Like, I am, but I'm not. Like, it's a total 90s twist. Like, obviously, the throwback to Scream. Like, the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's an old movie. Everyone's probably seen it, but... You know, that's probably kind of what they were going for. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to, like I said, like, I feel like if Ellie was the killer, that just would have really took me over. Like, wow, it was one of y'all all along. But it being, because Kyle was very dramatic, was too dramatic. It was giving Billy from the 2002 carry. It was too much. But Andy, 
I'm like, I can see this, but also, why do you care that much? You know, because what he says, he's explaining that, you know, he wanted a future with Cassidy, like the perfect future. But since she was involved with Megan's death, he figured that she would be found out. So he decided to kill everybody who knew about it. And Andy even reveals that Ellie, low-key, was the one that told him about Megan's murder and definitely is going to tell somebody else. She's a weak link, as we've seen throughout the entire movie. And he's like, we have to kill her. Cassidy's like, um, no, we don't. We don't have to do this. But Cassidy taps into final girl mode and plays along with Andy and like, yo, she's in the basement. Meet you there. Cassidy ends up finding Ellie elsewhere. But they're discovered, of course, and attacked by Andy. Cassidy ends up knocking him out. But here is Maggie screaming for help because, remember, she got trapped in the flames. I probably would have left her. But, you know, movie's got a movie and we got a few more minutes. There was a window right there, too. She could have climbed out, climbed out of it. Maggie definitely could have jumped out the window. But also, I was just somewhere else and didn't even mention that Jessica got killed, too. And one thing about it. Everybody gets killed in the mouth, literally everybody. And in my head, I was just like, well, I guess because they knew the secret and they had to be silenced. But not because could nobody keep a secret. They was running their mouth. They were just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they, they went and died. I always see it, too. Is so many people are like, take like I've seen her, heard people take offense to it, saying it's sexist. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Like, OK, I can see that. But that's not the case. Right. It, it makes sense. The only person and actually, no, 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 they get it through the mouth, too. They just get it in a different way. I was about to say Mickey, but no, they literally get him the same way as they do the girls. Even the doctor gets it in the mouth. When Andy tries to kill Maggie by, oh, my gosh, who who thinks to tie a tire iron to a rope and just sling it across the room? What type of fun? <laughs> no, in a good way or a bad way? I'm just like, I don't know whether to be like scared or take notes. Well, I mean, obviously we know John A would do that because she's the killer of the three of us right now. <laughs> well, I cannot <laughs> argue with you there. Allegedly, she has like piles of weaponized tire irons lying around. Right. No, but I just have an autograph knife, you know. That is so crazy. Yeah, and that's going to go in the tire iron. <laughs> He's going to pull a Freddy and just reconstruct some stuff. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's not give any more ideas. (laughs) So what ends up happening is Cassidy is trying to, like, help Maggie. But she ends up falling through the floor and is literally dangling by the bracelet that Mrs. Crenshaw gave her earlier. And Andy, of course, as villains do, why I don't know, has to give this villainous monologue about how life could have been so sweet as she just played her part and what ends up happening is ellie comes out of nowhere and just shoots her shoots her shoots him with mrs crenshaw's shotgun i'm glad she snapped out of it finally i'm not actually i kind of don't like that yeah i feel like cassidy should have gotten the kill the kill yeah i mean like okay, a no. redemption moment for Ellie, but I mean, it's Cassidy's boyfriend. She should have got it. Mm-hmm. And it's but, just like, like um, go ahead. Before that, you know, give her something because before that, she's hitting people with things and just dropping them. Like, 
No, that's final girl rule number one. You don't drop your weapon. Like she just whacks them and then she'll drop it right next to their bodies. Like Cassie, right. come on, honey. Like that lamp that she knocked him out with when she asked him about the pen. I'm like, you could have kept that for a little bit. Like, you know how in the video games when you have a weapon and you don't drop it until you get to your next weapon? That's yeah. final girl law. That's what needs to happen, okay? Don't drop your weapon until you're sure that this next weapon is a better one. And if it's not, just stay with what you got. Like, it's that simple. Yeah, so at least if she would have gotten the kill by shooting him, that would have made up for it at least. Right, but I was just, I wasn't with Ellie doing it. Now, if it had have been like a reveal that Ellie was the killer and she was about to shoot Cassidy, then I would have been like, oh, dang, that's crazy. It was two of them and one of them was a sister, but that didn't happen either. So what ends up happening is when Andy gets shot, the I guess the blast from the gun and the fire already like deteriorating the house has him go through the basement into the CGI flames. And I was not happy because I'm like, did he just go to hell? It's just like the part in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle where Demi Moore gets shot and falls into the fire. Yes. And I'm like, it like he literally faded out, y'all. Like they for real faded out his body into the flames. And I was just like, the tire iron too. I'm just like, what is this 2009? Like we could have did a little bit better. Oh my gosh. Which one is worse? This one or House of Wax? This one. He wasn't gonna, it's because Chad Michael Murray and Jerry <laughs> he wasn't gonna give it to House of Wax. There's like other things going on besides the fire to look at, like the melting and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then the way they landed on each other, poetic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me stop for the um Sinclair brother stands come after me because you know they scrolling in here. But um, yes, I just could not get <laughs> oh no, 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 no. You know what I really couldn't get with. So Maggie, Ellie, and Cassidy, they're our final girls. Like, they get Cassidy out from dangling, and, you know, they walk out. Not them having a slow-mo walk as the sorority house burns in the background. I'm just like, what is this? I liked that. It was badass. Yeah. I didn't. Maybe. And I know. (laughs) And Right, maybe. And I know that's exactly what it's supposed to be. But I'm just like, Maggie... You didn't do nothing but get on everybody's nerves and be the annoying little sister. Like, Maggie shouldn't have been there. Like, either she should have died or she should have been forgotten about. Ellie, you know what, girl? I'm, like, halfway with you because you cried through this whole movie and I just knew you was going to get killed, but you didn't. So, you know, like, if this was, if you gave me Cassidy, Claire, and Chugs, then I would have been happy. Hell, I would have been happy if it was Cassie and Jessica, but, you know, the bitch obviously has to die, but that would have been a cool twist to have, like, the bitch character survive. Yeah, especially when you know, um, and this is another thing why I say I wish they would have seen the original movie because they would have known what characters, like, they were supposed to be because Jessica's character is right on, I can't think of, um, is her name Victoria? That's not her name. I can't think of her name from the original movie right now, but the character that she's supposed to emulate, she's like right on with her. So I would have loved if Jessica had survived, but you know how it is. Also, first of all, I don't know how I feel about 15 months later, the sorority house being renovated and fully functioning. I just feel like not only if there was just a fire, 
fine. But people died. Like multiple people died. Right. Like murders, murders were committed. And it's literally a year and some change later and we're functioning like none of this happened. And that don't happen Maggie, in, the, in the black HBCUs. And the fact that Maggie is back in there, like you would think that you'd want to like not go anywhere near that again. Right. Like trauma? No trauma? No? Okay. You know what's creepy? What? Data is I liked how that was used in the trailer. Okay, I have two things to say about this. Number one, have you guys seen that video of the sorority that is like tons of them doing it, but it's not, obviously it's not Theta Pi, it's a different one. Have you guys seen that? I think I have. I'm going to link it in the show notes because since I had to see it, you have to see it too, Survivor. So that'll be there. Then um, this last scene. Okay, so what happens is Maggie is now a Theta Pi sister. The sorority's back running. The house is being renovated. And we zoom out to, you know, somebody holding a gardening tool. And it's implied that Garrett is still alive because you see the slick wrist. And I'm just like, um, I feel if they wanted to have a sequel, I just would have not shown this part. And I would have had this part be like the commercial for two or like a preview for two. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, Garrett would have motive, I guess, because them girls put him through the ringer. Poor thing. He do need a revenge story. I'm just saying, because that was kind of messed up. They didn't need to do all that. But also, also, while we're still on this, why those girls couldn't rock the same way? That was annoying to me, too. I mean, it was a nitpick. It's a dancer thing. I'm sorry. I I just couldn't. It was like, not one, nobody... Just was like, okay, everybody goes, Theta Pi, right? Theta Pi, right? Like, I no. mean, but Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, first of all, now you look at me, look at me. You seen that one. You saw that one. Okay, I quit. I quit. All right, I'm done, y'all. That was Sorority Road 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I really like this movie. It's such a ride. This movie is such a ride. And I was happy. It really is. And it just makes me so mad. It bombed in the theater. Well, um, and the thing is, the thing is, some of the things that were in the theaters at the time were like in the theater, like Final Destination, the Final Destination, the fourth one that Jesus, I know we're modeled after it, but Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> yes, that's that's the ooh, that's the one in the franchise. That's the one. But that was in his third week and was still making more money than Sorority did opening week. Yeah, that's sad. Ooh, oh, I felt so bad. I said, "Ooh, yikes!" It was some other movies too, but I can't think of them right now. It was now. like that one, like that one, and Jennifer's Body that bombed that year. I'm like, I love both of these, and I'm so mad they both bombed. And it's crazy because Jennifer's body, if I'm correct, came out like right after this. You sunk a little after, shortly after, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, this was a remake, obviously, but I would not mind another version of this. Preferably, definitely they're gonna give us more diversity and we need that. But um, I wanna see a female writer 
take a stab at this. However, 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 I don't know. I don't be knowing who to point the finger at because I still haven't seen Black Christmas because y'all just tore that one up so bad that I don't know if I want to put myself or Johnny through it. But um, I said that to say that sometimes we be thinking we're going to get what we want out of people when we be like, I want to see such and such do a script and it don't be what it was supposed to be. And I'm just wondering if a female wrote this script, it depends on who it was because somebody might pull a Carrie 2013 or a Black Christmas or we might get like a Mary Lambert with a pet cemetery or I don't know. I can't think of some good ones right now. I can, but I just can't call them. But I just don't know. But I definitely want to see if this was written with the female lens from a female. I feel How like this Diablo Cody would have nailed it. She would. Okay. You know what? I don't know how I didn't think of her. We just talked about Jennifer's body. She would have nailed this. I know this is going to sound really weird, but I hated the coloring of the movie. That's not weird at all. Um, I do get what you mean. It was like kind of grainy-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very brown. I just couldn't get with it. And I know it was intentional. Because there were right. other movies from that time period that did not look like that. But, like, I just, it's just, I did not like it. It's like the blues were blues and the browns. The browns, it was really warm. It was a warm movie. That's yeah. what it was. Um, I guess if this is interesting. Like, the writers, I guess I could have mentioned this at the top, but they wrote the screenplay for the Piranha remake, Piranha 3D. Spiral. Oh, so they are still working. Okay, that's good on them. <laughs> I wasn't. I was not being shady. I was not being shady. I promise. But yeah, like if you were to ever watch Piranha 3D, like it's this pretty much the same vibes as this. It's just really campy, goofy. Like just overall, just seeks to be fun, not really scary. Yeah, and it's not like I'm not saying they do a bad job here. The thing is. I think they do a good job, but had there been a one female writer, at least one female writer, it probably would have evened out because she would have been the one to be like, okay, well, I see what you're trying to do here, but maybe let's say this instead or something. I don't know because yeah, no, I'm I not going to... Go ahead. No, I, said, I totally agree. I'm not going to stunt. Like, you know, the material's good. I, I enjoyed myself with this movie, but some of it, you just wince and cringe a little bit. But let's see how um, it held up in the ratings. It got a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 24% on Metacritic. Cody, Cody, we have a new system here. We just decided to do this since it was a new month. Um, (laughs) you know, we're an amusement park and I mean, we always play in games. So why not introduce our new rating system by ticket and our ratings will now be by fives. So on a scale from zero to 100, how many tickets do you give Sorority Row 2009? I give it an 85. This is just... I think it's super fun. It's fast paced while still giving us plenty of time with the characters before they die. Great one liners and laughs. I think the cast did a great job, especially Leah Pipes. I just wish she had gotten more roles out of this. I mean, granted, she was on the originals after this. 
Love the originals. That's one of her bigger roles, but it was a nice throwback to 80s and 90s slashers. Um, things I would have changed personally would be like just tone down Ellie a little with her screaming or, and, or maybe even make her the killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, forget Maggie and then maybe have just have like a little bit of chase scenes. But, you know, I still had a blast with this movie and the soundtrack slaps. Oh, it does. Definitely does. And now I want to go see if I can get the Sims 3 because... Apparently, John A. let me know that a lot of the music from this soundtrack is on The Sims 3. If you press custom on the radio, even though we're in Sims 4 now, I want to go experience it. Yeah, it's the music tracks that were used during their dialogue. <laughs> I give this 60 tickets. Um, I like the movie, but at the same time, I didn't. It was kind of weird because I, throughout the whole movie, I was trying to figure out if I had seen it or not. And then I remembered I did see it because I was like, isn't one of the boyfriends the killer? And then I forgot, oh, it's both boyfriends. And then the other thing, and I didn't like that. It was, it was weird. I would rather, much rather had Ellie been the killer. I actually thought it at one point, even though I knew it was both boyfriends. I was like, eh, she kind of seems like the killer. But it just... It wasn't my cup of tea. Well, actually, it's just Andy. Kyle didn't kill anybody. He's just crazy. I give this 80 tickets because um, I've seen the original. And y'all know how I am on remakes. I go in on the remakes. And this one, I feel, personally does a good job. It keeps the essence of the original while doing something new. The fashion, even though some of it I cringe at, I also live. (laughs) The line delivery um, is immaculate, even though some of it, as we pointed out, is problematic, but it's cool. It's just as long as you know and you're aware of it and you ain't out here saying it, it's all good. Um, Other than that, I like we have said Ellie should have been the killer. If y'all want to try to take a stab at this again, make one of the girls the killer. I think that would be the way to go. But um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at 80 tickets. So we're all good here. Y'all ready to go to the souvenir shop? Yes, ma'am. Do it. Let's head out. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. So I was trying to see if there was anything going on, like when the movie actually came out, you know, besides the confessionals that I mentioned that are tagged in the show notes. But I was thinking, okay, you know the tire iron? Mm -hmm. What if it was almost like, okay, first of all, I don't know why the Peltzer bathroom groomer just popped in my head, but that's technically what it is. Like the tire iron, like if it was like a mini one, but it was like made for your nails and it was like one of those, but it was shaped like the tire iron. I can see that. That's something. But speaking of the tire iron, I just want to say that this is an underrated villain in Slasher because that's a tight weapon. Is it a little bit outlandish? Yes. Is it cool? Hell yeah. And it makes sense because that's what they killed Megan with. Exactly. So I personally think we need a little bit more. Not saying I want a franchise and we need a, a sequel. I might enjoy that. But we need, I don't know. I just feel like this is a very underrated slasher. I mean, I know why. Nobody's really checking for this movie except the ones who's really checking for it. 
But when you think about it, that's a dope weapon. It is. And like even some of the, like I said, some of the things that he does with it, like spins it or like when the shrinks office, when he's doing that and scraping against the walls. Like this could be an item, like how John A has the machete. Like this can be something that they have at like horror cons to get signed. Like I will want one of these. I think it would be cool to have one of these. Or like an idea I had is like, Obviously, they're outdated now. You first say, but like a fidget spinner with like a button in the middle where they shoot out, and you can just like spin it or something. <laughs> like, Wait a minute! I can see somebody like cutting a hand. Oh my god! It would oh be plastic, god. Ashley. Even <laughs> <laughs> just a basic keychain with a button to have them come out. We're dangerous at this park. <laughs> they don't know safety limits. And then like or like theta pi bracelets like kind of like the ones in the movie the silver one yeah, yeah i would definitely love the silver ones or like um if they had like theta pi pajamas like at the beginning when they had the whole pajama party i know they didn't have matching ones but if they wanted to little booty like, opening in the back mm-hmm, yes i would be all about that i think that's so theta pie on the flap. Mm-hmm, i think that's so cute i got a couple obviously a soundtrack has to be included in the souvenir shop because that's going to pump up the party. The 2000s, although a lot of the horror movies were bogged down with a lot of um, a lot of different elements in the soundtracks, a lot of them are good, though. Right. And it's like the one specifically that I was obsessed with, obsessed with for the longest time with this movie was Swayze's Get You Home. Mm-hmm. I was just obsessed with that for so long. Even the music video for that has like some of the Rory Row cast in it. I love when they do that. <laughs> I think that's so cute. And I know sometimes you mention posters for the souvenir shop. Like my favorite poster isn't even like they didn't release it in the States. It was a UK poster. That was also very 90s looking because it showed the girls on two sides of the poster kind of doing like, uh, I can't think of like the word for it, but they're kind of down a line on each side and like the burning mm-hmm. houses in the back. So it's equivalent to like the floating heads type thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, otherwise the only ones I really remember us, like the US getting is like with the snapshots and then with the girls piled up on top of each other. That one, I'm just like, I wonder what was the direction. It gives me like reverse drag me to hell. <laughs> because, okay, so there is the main girls the six main girls before Megan dies, they're all literally, it looks like America's next top model in the front and chaos in the back. Like the house is just on fire in the back. And it looks like drag me to hell where, you know, in drag me to hell, you have Christine in the front getting dragged to hell surrounded by fire. But in the background, it's just a regular neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, like I get it. It's supposed to be like, Maybe like they're dead bodies, but it's just, it looks way too sleek and polished to be literally looking like that. Yeah. Like I can see, okay, you know how a lot of movies around this time that I consumed were on Netflix and you would just see the cover and you would be like, okay, this looks like some mid, but I'm gonna watch it. I can see kids, like I told y'all this is streaming on Tubi. Teenage on Amazon Prime. Probably. And Thank who? you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
teenagers that watch this and they scroll past this, if this is the cover art that they get, I can see them thinking the same thing that I thought when I was a teenager, seeing other movies that weren't that bad or like, you know, that were probably like B movies. But yeah, I don't know. They had a lot of posters for this one. But again, it was 2009. So it was all about the promo shoots. Y'all ready for me to run these park announcements? Run them. We are jumping off the ABC party, anything but college month. If you have not been put on to what we're doing this month, you can go visit us at our IG. Destiny, that is not our IG, wow. <laughs> you can visit us at our IG at B180 Podcast. Click the park themes highlight and it'll let you know everything that we'll be doing for the month. If you have any suggestions or you just want to tell us what you think about Sorority Row 2009, you can hit us up on our Twitter at D180 Podcast. All of our handles are pretty much the same, except for our email where you can send your survivor submissions. So remember, September's open. It's the last month before we close the park for the season and we will not see you guys until December. So if you want to put input for September, if you want to change the theme or if you want to add to the theme that we already have, which is spin it all, you can email us at destination180podcast at gmail.com. Other than that, don't forget to leave us a review. That is the only way we are going to climb up in these Apple chart streets on, I don't even know if you could do reviews on Spotify, but if you can, whatever, send them to your friend, tell them, come visit your girls in the park. Cody, I want to thank you for being here with us. It was thank so you fun. so much, Cody. Well, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I was excited because I, I, I cannot explain how much I love your show and just the general setup. <laughs> I was excited for the games, just a lot of the extra talks that we do outside of just the movie. So I, I was so honored to be asked to come on. Oh my gosh, you better <laughs> believe, you know you coming back. You know you got season passes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. Okay, I have to get it together. <gasps> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, survivors, get ready. We are gonna see you guys next week when we watch Hell Night. Hell Night is also on Tubi. Cody just dropped a bomb review. So if you haven't seen it and you're trying to figure out what it's about without spoilers, definitely hit up Cody's page. It's linked down below. This one is from the 80s, y'all. So y'all already know what to expect. It's going to be a little bit more crazy than what we just talked about here. But I'm excited. I will see y'all next time. Bye, y'all. Later, survivors. <laughs> we'll see you soon.